Hello, friends and family. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I am joined by my most favorite guest, co-host, Miss Claire Willa Nielsen. How are you today, Claire? Good. Good. Thank you for joining me for the podcast again. Yep. Okay. We will start off with our good news segment. We did a little digging and we found a story about Doc Hendley and his organization, Wine to Water. We started looking for people who were helping with the situation in Ukraine. Yep. Because that's got to be a pretty difficult situation, don't you think? We, we're pretty lucky to live where we live and how we live where we don't have to, on a daily basis, worry about war or being attacked or being displaced or things like that. So it's got to be a very difficult situation for people living in Ukraine. Yeah. And we wanted to highlight someone who is doing good work in that situation as... Mr. Rogers would say, in difficult situations and times of tragedy, look for the helpers. Because there are always people who are willing to help. And we found this story about Doc Hendley, who was a former bartender, isn't that right? Yeah. And we were looking through the CNN heroes. I think that's always a, a great place to find people doing positive works. And it turns out he was a CNN hero in 2009 for starting the organization. And they would do things like wine testings to raise money, have these events. And it was to provide people with clean drinking water. That's always a cause that I'm passionate about. We've talked about that before. We like to donate to different things like fight for the forgotten some of those organizations because i think having clean water is such a basic human necessity and it's something that in 2022 it, it seems like a problem that should be solved that everybody should have clean drinking water and that's not the case in the world and it's such a, a basic and simple thing so, already a great organization, and then Doc Hendley now is using Wine to Water to donate to the Ukraine and border areas, and as of the time we looked up this article, had already donated 12,000 water filters, because especially in a time of displacement and chaos, they may not have clean drinking water available. So that's, that's a great thing, and I like the message on their website, which is winetowater.org. They said, do work that matters with people that matter. And I think that's a pretty good recipe for life. I, I often say, do what you love surrounded by people you love, and that's the key to a, a peaceful and happy life. Any other thoughts on that, Claire? No, not really. <laughs> no? Okay. Well, that's our good news segment for today. So check out and support Wine to Water, any or other organization that's helping in the Ukraine or a lot of other areas in the world that are, are facing struggles and people who are struggling to, to meet their, their basic needs, their physiological needs. 
This is Family Time 102, and we're talking about ethical constructs. This is kind of a challenging topic. We're going to talk about, in class, four kind of components of ethics that are very closely tied to each other. We're going to talk about equity. We're going to talk about fairness. We're going to talk about justice, and we're going to talk about respect. So, you ever heard the term equity before, Claire? Sort of. Sort of? Do you have any idea what equity means? Um, money? Oh, <laughs> we have talked about equity before in terms of like you buy a house and you build up equity, things like that. That is one definition of equity, 100%. In this case, we're talking about ethics. Equity is kind of meeting people where they are. It's different than equality. We often think we should treat people equally, and perhaps we should in terms of equality of opportunity, equality in how we divvy out our kindness, those sorts of things. But there's a an image that's kind of gone around on social media and stuff. I don't know where it originated, but it's a good... A good visual of what equity is. It shows three people standing at a fence. And one person is tall enough to see over the fence already. One person is a little shorter. They're not able to quite see over the fence. And then another person is, is a lot shorter. And they're not able to see over the fence at all. And there's three boxes that they could stand on. If they give one box to each person, that is equal. That's equality. Everyone gets one box. But that means the person who is tall enough to already see over the fence is way over the fence now. The person who was just a little short of seeing over the fence, they're kind of at the perfect height now to see over. But the person who was much shorter standing on the one box still isn't high enough to see over the fence. So equity would be meeting people where they're at, where if you had those three boxes, the tallest person doesn't need a box at all. So then if you give two boxes to the shortest person, that person is now able to see over the fence, as is the person who is in the middle, who has one box and see over the fence, and the tallest person can see over the fence. Now everyone can see over the fence. So that's kind of an idea with ethical constructs. And those go to things like, a lot of times there are legal things, say like Title IX or things like that, that help. The idea is to balance the playing field a little bit. Instead of distributing everything totally equally, you try to distribute things equitably, whereas these people may need more assistance, that sort of thing. Does that kind of make sense? Mm -hmm. Then there's the idea of fairness. What do you think about fairness? What, is, what does fairness mean? It means like that everybody gets the same thing. Like It wouldn't be fair if somebody got a cookie and the other person got two cookies just because they're older. Okay, that's true. Now, what if 
let's say you are doing something. Let's let's use school. Okay. Let's say you're doing everything that you're supposed to be doing. You're doing all of your schoolwork. You're not causing any problems, things like that. And somebody else is maybe making some bad decisions, maybe misbehaving in class, not doing their schoolwork. And then the teacher hollers at everybody. Is that fair? No, but it would be kind of hard to pick out all the people. And the teachers already do so much. <laughs> well, that's good. That's, and that's very nice of you say that. My only point with that is, you're right. Sometimes it's hard to, sometimes it's hard to be totally equitable to give every single individual person exactly what they need, and to give this person the right amount of discipline, this person the right amount of supports, like all those sorts of things. So then sometimes there are sort of blanket consequences or supports that are given to everybody. But if we're talking about fairness. Sometimes we can feel like, well, that's not really fair that I got in trouble when I wasn't the one doing it. And that, that happens sometimes, especially when you're a kid. It's easy to feel that way sometimes. Mm -hmm. So if we're talking about fairness, that's one of the things to consider. Is like, is it really fair to distribute it this way or for these people to get the same punishment or the same reward or whatever it might be? That's the idea of fairness, where... Ideally, fairness should be sort of an impartiality, meaning like I'm not swayed by who you are or maybe something that you've even done in the past. I'm trying to take each issue as it is, and I'm trying to react appropriate to the circumstances. That's kind of what fairness really is at its core. Kind of makes sense. In ideally... The legal system, we want to be as fair as possible. We want it to be impartial. We want to look at the, the evidence, the facts of a case, and not be, not be divvied out, not be managed differently based on a person's background, their race, their socioeconomic status, those sorts of things. That kind of leads us into justice. You ever heard that word before, justice? Mm -hmm. What do you think justice means? Like people being free? Oh, well, yeah, that could be part of it. Sure. In a, in a free system, you hope that you have a, a strong system of justice. And a lot of times that kind of, again, these concepts sometimes kind of blur together a little bit. But the idea of justice would be like kind of trying to give equal opportunities, trying to, back to like fairness, trying to distribute consequences in a, in a fair manner. And justice could maybe be perceived as like the appropriate consequences for the action positive or negative we know all actions have consequences you make generally you make good choices and good things happen you make bad choices and bad things happen sometimes people do things that are maybe unethical and they still reap the benefits 
So justice in that case would be like, well, somebody did something that was illegal or or not ethical or they hurt someone else. So justice would maybe be then they have some negative consequence. On the flip side, if someone does things in a positive way and is trying to elevate other people, hopefully they get positive consequences. That's sort of the idea of justice. And then the last thing we're going to talk about in class is the idea of respect. What does respect mean to you? Like that if somebody was talking, I would respect them and not interrupt them. Or if somebody was asking me a question, I would, like, if somebody else was asking me a question while somebody else would be, I would say one second so it would be respectful to the other person so then they can keep doing the question that they're asking me. That's That's a very good example. Just communicating with people, really listening to people, and giving them your time, that's a great way to show respect and to be respectful. And the idea of respect is just sort of being worthy of high regard. Like, maybe we maybe think of it as like looking up to someone if we respect them. And respect is also important because we have to have self-respect. What do you think self-respect means? Um, that means that you shouldn't doubt yourself, that... You should think you can do something even if you think it's hard. You, you can always do something if you, if you put your mind to it. That's, that's very good. I think that's a great, this kind of self-efficacy, which I think is a big, it's kind of like the next step of self-respect. Self-respect sort of is understanding that you're worthy of good things and you're capable. And that, that leads to that self-efficacy. That's beautifully said. That's exactly what we're talking about is you kind of have this belief that even though things are difficult, even though I'm going to face challenges, I'm capable of overcoming them, of learning and growing, and I deserve good things. So I think that's very well said. So that's kind of what we're going to talk about in class. Those are terms that come up sometimes, and we talk about ethics sometimes, and ethics is pretty hard to wrap our head around. It's kind of like how we make decisions based on our morals, based on our beliefs. And we spent a lot of time early in the year talking about our system of beliefs, our core values. And then our ethics is really like, how do we live those things out? How do we apply them? How do we apply constructs like the four things we're talking about? And then the other thing we're going to talk about is how these ideas, how these ethical constructs impact our schools and our communities. Those are the discussions we're going to have in class this week, but thank you so much for talking about them with me. They're kind of tough concepts, and you did a great job giving some examples. Thanks. All right. Until next time, for Family Time 103, much love. My blog post for this week is called That Chip. And we are talking about something that Claire and I have in common, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. I'll sometimes tell you, you got a little bit of a chip on your shoulder. Yep. But what do you think that means when I say that? That means that you're tough and you can like you're like strong and you like can get mad and like, <laughs> those, everything. Yeah. <laughs> that's very well said those are all those are all kind of parts of it where 
that's a phrase we hear sometimes. You have a chip on your shoulder. And sometimes it can be a negative thing. If kind of where the, the phrase comes from is if you maybe feel like you've, you're holding a grudge or you've kind of got, a, got an axe to grind with someone. And I don't necessarily present it that way. To me, it's a little bit of... It's a little bit of an attitude, like you said. Like, okay, maybe I can get a little angry about something sometimes. I might uh, speak my mind a little bit, right? You, you do that some. And I talked to you about that because that's not an entirely bad thing. It's like a lot of things in life. It's all about how we manage those things, how we implement those things, how we put them into our lives. And... I there's a part of me like when I see your your attitude sometimes I kind of like it because it reminds me of me I got a little chip on my shoulder sometimes too and those things are fun for a parent sometimes it's like ah like my kids got a little personality that I have and I like that but then there's also the part of me that like I hope you get the best parts of my personality and you don't have to struggle with the worst parts of my personality. And I think of, especially when I was younger, that little bit of chip on my shoulder would sometimes devolve into the negative aspects of it where it's, I would maybe be overly competitive or I'd want to prove other people wrong. If I felt someone was doubting me or slighted me, I want I would want to prove them wrong and sort of show them and it would sometimes lead to me having a bit of a temper or being overly aggressive with different things or maybe doubting myself or worrying about other people's opinions, other people's perceptions of me. And that can be negative. That's sort of the negative aspect of someone having a chip on their shoulder. I do think, however, there are some positive aspects. Like you said, I think it's good to have a little attitude. I think it's good to have some some toughness, to have a little spark. In sports psychology, we talk about two different types of motivation. There's task motivation and there's ego motivation. Or task orientation and ego orientation. And task orientation is your focus on getting better at the skill. Ego orientation is you're focused on winning or looking good or whatever it is. Ideally, we want to be primarily task-oriented. We want to be focused on the task at hand, focused on the skill in the moment, and just focus on learning and growing and getting better. But a little ego orientation isn't bad. We don't want to be totally focused on winning, but... You can't really be the best without wanting to be the best. So we want to have that little bit of ego. We want to be competitive. We want to win, that sort of thing. That's how I think of like the chip on your shoulder is we don't want it to devolve into like negative. We're only concerned about winning. We're concerned about proving people wrong no matter the costs. We don't want to do that. We don't want to sell out our values, our beliefs, anything like that. But if we can be true to ourselves, it's okay to have a little bit of that chip on the shoulder where it's like, oh, I want to be successful for me. And I want to prove it to myself, not to anyone else, not everybody else's opinion, 
but because I think I can do this and I believe in myself. And it goes back to that self-efficacy that you talked about. So that part of the chip on the shoulder, I like. And when I see you, sometimes if you maybe even snap back about something or you get a little upset about something, I'm like, okay, that's not all bad. That fire, that'll take you places. That'll keep you motivated. That's a good thing. And I just want to make sure that you are able to use it in a good way. Does that make sense? <laughs> it's kind of like in Greek mythology, Mickey would probably appreciate this. He would like it. But there was, well, not even really mythology. There was uh, a wrestler named Milo who I think perhaps he was even a real person. But in the the story, kind of the myth, the legend of Milo was that he got so strong because when he was young, he would pick up like a newborn calf and carry it. And then he would do that every day. And as the calf got bigger and heavier, he would get stronger and stronger by picking it up every day. Which I think in reality, that would be very difficult because cows gain weight at a pretty fast rate but it's kind of the idea of progressive overload so that that chip on your shoulder if you can use that weight to get stronger and help you accomplish what you want to accomplish that's a good thing any other thoughts about a little chip on your shoulder are there any things that sometimes do upset you motivate you get you fired up um sometimes when mickey is being (laughs) rude and stuff (laughs) well now, rude by your perception. It's a little difficult with brothers and sisters sometimes. You can, if you live with somebody all the time, they can get on your nerves a little bit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but that's a good point. You'll snap back at Mick sometimes, won't you? And that's not all bad. I want you to stand up for yourself. If you don't like something, it's okay to, to say it. But then sometimes I have to get on you a little bit because you get a little, uh, a little overzealous sometimes. But that happens. We're working on managing it, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Me too. Sometimes I still get a little over-competitive or I'll maybe get on a student or an athlete a little harder than I mean to. I'll be a little little tougher on them because I want them to succeed. And then sometimes my ego gets in the way. I want to win or I want, I want to see them have a high level of achievement. And I have to remind myself of that. Same thing with you and Mickey. Sometimes I... I will even tell you, like, I'm sorry if I'm a little tough on you about this because I, I want good things for you. But that's kind of the, that's our blog post this week. The chip on our shoulders, right? Yep. And we're still working on it. Mm-hmm. And then for our sponsor this week, our our kind of funny little fake sponsor, what'd you pick? Um, balloons. Balloons. That's a great one. So this week's episode of the podcast is brought to you by balloons. You've been playing with balloons a lot lately. Yeah. Yeah. Why Why do you think you've been playing with balloons a lot? I don't know. Oh. You've been kind of making like some balloon sculptures. Yeah. Those have been pretty cool. Mm-hmm. How'd you think of that? I don't know. It's just fun to make. Just fun to make. It's good. Balloons are pretty great. Fill them up with air. I don't know if there's a a more perfect game than keep the balloon off the floor. Yeah. Pretty perfect game. It's very simple. doesn't take a lot of setup. The premise is easy to understand. It's fun. It's active. You have to move around. Keep the balloon off the floor is a great game. 
Water balloons are great. I like water balloons. How about you? Yeah. Yeah. Balloon animals, they're kind of fun. So yeah, this week's podcast brought to you by Balloons. All all Balloons. We are the official podcast of Balloons. Do you have anything else you want to talk about on the podcast? No. <laughs> no? Well, thank you for joining me again. This is nice that you want to do that. And I have a lot of fun even just kind of planning this out with you. It was fun looking for the different good news story and kind of discussing what thing I was going to write about and talk about. So that was nice. Mm-hmm. All right. Love you. Me too. All right. Everybody else out there, thanks for joining us. Until next time, love yourself, love each other, love the fight. Mm-hmm.